Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 3, titled Lady Killer. Uh, Yet another very, very, very good episode that delivers quite possibly the most elaborate misdirect of all time. Like, holy crap, literally, not exaggerating when I say this, swear to god, literally half this episode is just one long misdirect. It's insane and great, and I... Love how this is handled. So, our number this week uh, is for this investor who is a bit of a stalker chameleon dude. He will go on a date with some woman. We have this great opening scene where <laughs> they're spying on him and, like, Reese and Shaw are in the boat pretending to be on a date. And Shaw's like, let me row the boat. <laughs> They're fighting over who gets to row. (laughs) Oh, it's great. It's so good. Uh, But he'll then, like, quite literally change his entire appearance and then go on another date with another girl. And we find out that this dude has, like, this big, long ring of just, like, finding girls on dating apps, like, They're reading through their profiles, just learning everything about them, and then going on dates with them, and uh, having, like, flash-in-the-pan relationships with them, and just being all weird about it. Like, it's a very, very weird enterprise that screams perpetrator. Like, a lot. Like, this seems very clear-cut perpetrator. And so, we have this. And also, adding to the he's definitely a perpetrator pile, uh, adding to the he's definitely a perpetrator pile, uh, one of his exes is missing, and he has an article of another woman who passed away in a car crash. So, yeah. This... It's looking like this screams serial killer. From the information we have at this point, it just yells out serial killer. And so, they sort of offer up some bait to bring this guy out. The bait being pretty much every woman that Finch has on speed dial. Uh, Carter, Shaw, and... Zoe Morgan, coming back. Yay! Coming in, and they uh, go into this club, posing as just random, normal-ass women. 
and just sort of hang around until this guy shows up. Finch set them up uh, dating profiles on the app he uses, and he, uh, they just wait for him to hit on one of them. He chooses Carter. And so Carter and this guy sort of strike up this fake relationship. And there are like, there's like so much walking on eggshells here. There are so many moments where Carter tenses up and is like, He's definitely gonna try and murder me now. There is a knife out. Yeah. Shaw's got like a sniper shot element on him from the rooftop across the way. Like, okay, uh, he'll try to kill Carter and then uh, I'll finally get to shoot him. Shaw really wants to shoot people. That's like her defining trait is that she just shoots all the people. She shoots all the people and has a cartoonish amount of affection for Bear. Those are the two traits (laughs) that define Shaw. But then eventually, at the end of this date, this dude gets attacked by two hitmen who try to murder him. Yup, you heard that right. The person we thought was the perpetrator this entire time is actually the victim. Now, a lesser show would have had this make zero sense. With a lesser show, this would have been garbage. But this actually makes sense. The way they contextualize it makes so, so, so much sense. So... Turns out this dude's story is he started out as some poor asshole and met this rich girl, Dana. They fall in love. They have a relationship. Her father hates him. Hates his guts. Absolutely despises him. And eventually he gets her pregnant. And when that happens, this dude just throws himself into a fury. And at that moment, the dude, like, this dude, by the way, controls his family, like, with an iron fist. So he sends someone to this dude's house, says, hey, she had an abortion. Here's, like, a hundred grand. Leave town. Never come back. Which, by the way, we talked about at the beginning of this episode, how he has, like, an inheritance from a distant uncle. That's what that is. That's just a cover story. So he does leave town. And he does live his own life. And actually, this whole operation he had going was literally, like, just some selfless act on his part to just, like, well, I can't be happy. The woman I love is... Uh, gone. I was separated from her. By the way, she eventually died in a car crash. So, that's the, that's the woman who was in that article he had. Which, damn. (laughs) Which is really, really great. And he was basically like, you know what, if I... I can't have this woman. 
uh, circumstances are not allowing us to be together. So I'm going to devote myself to making as many other people happy as possible. If I can't be happy myself, I'll make damn sure that other people are happy. So he strikes up this these relationships with a bunch of single women, uh, learns everything about them so he could be exactly what they want, and eventually those relationships uh, fizzle out, but they had a little, like, flash-in-the-pan happiness. Um, it's... It really makes sense for this character once you learn everything about him. And then eventually, after this woman died in a car crash, he went to the funeral. And when he showed up at the funeral, that dude, the father, was pissed off. He just was yelling and yelling and yelling and ripping into this asshole. Like, just... And he eventually got out of there. Then we find out why. Oh, by the way, the missing girl, that was like a complete flash in the pan. That never... That was a coincidence. That was like a total coincidence. But that just... That just attributed to like the massive, massive redirect that was the first half of this episode. We then have a reveal. Wait a minute. This this woman did not have an abortion. She had her son. This dude's kid exists was born, is alive, and is living with this woman's asshole family. And the only reason he didn't know about it was because, publicly, uh, he is listed as the child of his aunt and uncle. Uh, the woman's sister. Like, uh, basically was raising her son as her own. Because the, the father decreed she'd be a more... Uh, fit parent. He only cares about appearances. And when he showed up at the funeral, he thought, oh crap, my heir is going to be taken away by this nobody. I gotta have him killed. So that's why his number came up, that's why he's in danger, and that's why he is indeed the victim here. And... Oh boy... Uh, from here, this becomes so, so, like, compelling and captivating. We get this whole, uh, excellent storyline where Reese, Shaw, and Zoe Morgan are trying to get this kid's birth certificate to prove that this dude is the father. Uh, the father uh, goes with Harold to see his son for the first time. And this is supposed to be like one of those watch from the distance type deals. But instead he decides, I want to see my kid. I want to talk to my kid. So he punches out a chauffeur and like poses as this kid's chauffeur and just flat out kidnaps him. So he could have a heart to heart with his son. And... It's, there's this great, great sequence in the park that I absolutely love, uh, where it's this father and his son, like, sitting together for the very, 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 very first time. And, like, it's really utterly, like, it's heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. 
Uh, and I mean that by, like, you get the highs of, I knew your mother long ago because I got her pregnant with you. Um, but before he can get out that second part, uh, the kid's like, yeah, she can be really, uh, she gets really mad if I get home late. Talking about what, who he thinks is his mother, but is actually his aunt. And then, like, he kind of, like, has the instant, like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know, um... He doesn't know what that means. Oh, God, this kid's brain has been warped by this asshole family. I met your aunt. I, that's what I meant. And, like, there's this, like, heartwarming conversation that out of context sounds absolutely delightful where the kid's talking about how his aunt, like, read stories to him as a kid and all that and how he's sad that she's gone. But you can see, like, the father's face. It's just like... This kid doesn't know that was his mother. And this kid doesn't know that I'm his father. And his asshole grandfather's trying to take him away again for a second time. There are tickets for him to, like, go out of the country and be transferred to, like, a London boarding school. Like, it's... It's such a roller coaster of emotions, this scene. It's really, really fantastic. Eventually, Carter finds them and is like, Hey... Kidnapping your son, not the way to be a good father. Just don't do that. We got this. Let us, let us handle it. Uh, Reese, after punching this asshole grandfather in the face, very satisfyingly, is able to find the birth certificate. Is able to dig up the birth certificate. So now it is proven this man is this kid's father. Without a shadow of a doubt. It's, and, and yeah, that's, that's it. That's the end of the story. It's, it's really, really good. It's a really, really great standalone narrative that I absolutely love. But while all this is happening, we got Root back at the insane asylum saying, it's time for me to leave. Everything here is done. There's a government agent after me. That government agent being Hirsch. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta go now. My time here is done. And she begins planning her escape. She begins planning what she's about to do. And also at the same time, Finch gets a number and immediately recognizes... Oh crap, this has to do with Root. The machine's warning me about something going on with Root. Calls the asylum and is like, You're the second person to to check on her today. Like, they say like, Yeah, yeah, someone else checked on her. Um, I, They didn't leave their name though. And so now he knows, like, something's going on on the Root front. So, both Hirsch and Finch are converging on Root. And there's this amazing sequence where Root's with her therapist, and she's like, yeah, it's time for me to escape. And the dude, like, it's just, okay, how how would you escape? Like, just thinking, what, this lady, she's crazy. And Root's like, oh, well, uh, the phone will ring, saying it's time, and then I'll punch you 
in your carotid artery. It won't it won't kill you, but it'll hurt. Uh, and then uh, the the drugs that I am having vaporized in the heating vents right now, those will have dispersed and knocked everyone out. Um, and then I will just walk out of here. And, like, it's this great monologue that I from Amy Acker that I've distilled down criminally so. Uh, but it is so good. Like, she delivers it so well. And you can see the slow look of realization on, this, on his face is like, Oh, shit. This might actually be a thing. <laughs> this might actually be a thing that's about to happen. And, lo and behold, it does happen. At all of what she prophesied came true. And she escapes... She gets into this big gunfight with Hirsch. I especially love this moment where Root's about to kill Hirsch. And then the machine's like, No! That's my voice for the machine now! It sounds like this! Oh, <laughs> The machine is Mickey Mouse! <laughs> You're being watched! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> the machine's like, No, don't kill him! And it's like, Really? This guy? <laughs> and she's just like, Oh, okay. And then just walks out, and then very soon after she leaves, Finch arrives and sees the carnage that Root left, and it's just like, Oh shit, Root's out. Um, Wow, that's bad. That's very, very bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, but yeah, that's going to be a thing. That's going to be like a big through line throughout this season. So get ready for more on that. And like, very solid episode overall. Like, these early episodes of season three, like, a lot of filler. Simply because, like, that's just how it works at the beginning of the season. Like, beginning of the season, sort of easing into everything. There's not going to be a whole lot of story. Like, it's all filler and setup. But as far as filler and setup goes, this is some good filler and setup. Just saying. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash ThomasClark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Oh, totally forgot. If you become a patron at patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will put up there once every month. Uh, totally forgot to give that plug. Uh, oops. I'm a stupid. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 4. Talk to you then.